Hello and welcome to this special holiday investing show. I'm Peter Switzer and I want to get you ready for investing in 2021. Just before Christmas, Paul Rickard and I put our heads together to look back on 2020 and then to look forward on 2021, the stocks that we want to be invested in, the ones we think are going to do well in 2021. And then I want to share with you an interview I did with Bevan Slattery. Bevan Slattery is one of the best entrepreneurial um, tech guys in the country. I guess you'd have to put the guys that last in as competition, but Slattery's been involved, founder of NextDC and Megaport. Uh, Megaport only a a week ago before I recorded this. uh, On the Friday, it was up about 11%. People are starting to see this as a very, very interesting company for tomorrow. Uh, By tomorrow, I mean 2021 and beyond. And I think you will be impressed with how smart this Bevan Slattery is. Make sure you listen to it and think about the companies associated with. Well, for the start of this year, I decided to get my colleague Paul Rickard to run us through the various sectors on the Australian Stock Exchange. And we have a look at where he thinks the sectors are going, because Paul's a bit of a sector expert. And we'll look at the stocks that he likes and I like in each particular sector. Might be a good way to start the year, Paul. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think it's a good way to look at the market, Peter, because I think I, I like the top-down approach, get yeah. the, sort of the industry stuff going first, and then think about the stocks. But yeah. it's, not, it's, not, it's just one way to look at the market. Yeah. And uh, I think it's a good way at least it will bring up or cover different parts of the market. So let's start with financials, the biggest sector. Mm. I'm... Tempted to think I want to be overweight this sector, but I'm not off the air there yet, Peter. So I'm going to be still index weight. And the reason for that is I still think the banks, I th- we think the market can go up 10%. I think the banks can go up 10%. I don't think they're going to go up 30%. So, no. Uh, uh, so I think they're probably going to le- help lead the market up. But mm. I don't think, I think we, the rally that sort of occurred in early November when they had their big jump, mm. I think we've seen the big jump. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, now, CBA has gone from basically 60 to 80. That's a yeah, big well, jump 84. Of, but, so yeah. you know, you got to say, could, could, could CBA above 90 dollars again? That would be 10 percent. Might be struggling, yeah. I think. So I'm sort of thinking index weight mm-hmm. in the financials. For me, it's a bit of a strategy of the best and the worst. So CBA and Westpac. Mm-hmm. Westpac's still struggling. Yeah. So, um, despite but, your support, anyone <laughs> says that we're trying to lead the uh, the market, we're not. <laughs> so it's best and the worst. Yeah. But uh, and then I, I think there's a bit of value in IAG. Some of the insurance companies have done it pretty tough this year because of the uh, you know particular provisions around COVID nineteen and some challenges around the actual wording and policies. They've mm. raised capital. IAG's come out of the top twenty, a bit of sort of index selling as it does that. So. Um, Look, I think that company is, uh, is, if you're looking for a rebound company, mm. that's the one I'd nominate Paul, there. Paul, you often, uh, well, you, know, you haven't always been like this, but this year you've been very anti-regional banks. Now, BOQ's kind of on the improve, isn't it, Paul, even though you, you've been... Yeah, no, I think there may be a little more value in the regional banks. Certainly mm. they're going to get a bit, a slightly more favourable capital treatment down the track. Yeah. Uh, and BOQ with the new CEO, George Frazers. You know, I mm. think there's, there's potential there. Yeah. He is investing in the right things. It's, he really needs to do a lot of investment in technology, and mm. I think there's that appreciation. So it may just be a couple more years in the coming, whether you buy now or mm. you come into the stock in due course. Yeah. But um, I think they're on the mend. I'm just not sure I'm yeah. ready to say that they're going to be the best yeah. in 21. From my point of view, I've, I've got a good exposure to CBA. 
I bought Westpac on your recommendation, and uh, but I, I thought I thought it was a good play because they were it was the most beaten up, and we I probably got it around seventeen eighteen dollars. So I'm I'm happy with what, what's happened so far. But I, I agree with you that the regional banks look pretty uh, exposed during the coronavirus period. They may well make some improvement, and I think George Frass is, is doing a reasonable job at mm. BOQ. He's a he's a pretty good banker, so. I think that's one worth looking at. Let's go to the materials now, Paul, because they've really done some heavy lifting. Yeah, I mean, fundamentally, you could say this is a sector to be overweight in because you've got uh, a weakening US dollar, which is good for most of the, these things are priced in US dollars. When yeah. the US dollar price, when US dollar weakens, the price of the commodity goes up. Mm. So that's a positive. Uh, and, and secondly, you've got, you know, growth globally should go up. And that yeah, means we've definitely. seen, you know, we've seen spikes in the copper price, we've seen spikes in the nickel price, we've seen spikes in the iron yeah. ore price. And, and they're you, bellwethers for And them. they're bellwethers, and you wouldn't expect that to turn around just yet. And also you could say some of the non-ferrous materials, things like packaging, we've got Amcor and Aurora, you've got, uh, you know, Blue Scope and the Steel, you've got uh, companies like, um, uh, I'll come back to think of a couple in a minute, but mm. in the, in, in, outside the normal, normal metals, you mm. know, they're also well, positive. Well, like Linus so, of the rare yeah. earths and all uh, that sort of stuff. So the, the building uh, construction materials, you know, because yeah. of the, all the spending on infrastructure. Yeah. So there's there's a whole lot of positives to like about the sector. The, 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 the negatives, China, yeah. <laughs> yeah? yeah, and if something goes haywire with Australia and iron ore in China, you know, yeah. that's going to be curtains for the yeah. sector. But you know what, and Paul, I'd be a buyer. If they, if they want to clobber our, our iron producers, it would be only for a year or so, and that, that might be a buying opportunity, but we'll, we'll cross that bridge. So I think this is, I want to just, if you're overweight, I'd stay. If you're index weight, look, you might add a bit more. I wouldn't be short it, but I'm just, I think this is to play from the long side. Yeah, if you weren't holding them, I wouldn't recommend buying now, Paul, seriously, would you, really, because your gain would be small on, on the capital side. I think it's going to be tough. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I think this is one, it's almost like what I've learned studying, you know, commodity prices, Peter, there's nobody, <laughs> I don't reckon, <laughs> who right. could tell you who gets it right. Okay. So you've almost sort of just played from index. Mm. There are more, the macro factors are more supportive this year than they were last year. Uh, that's why the sector's gone up during 2020, and you'd expect that to continue. So that's why I would play it from the long side. I Let's think go to healthcare now. Yeah, this is a sector I have been really passionate about. Very. And um, it's, been, uh, had two th it's been a positive returning sector in each of the last five years. It's been pretty close to the best performer of the last decade. Yeah. I think this is, this is the year to maybe just to not pull out of healthcare, but I think you pull back to index weight on healthcare. Mm. I mean, and the problem is for the healthcare sector is, is not the tailwinds. We all know about the aging population, the increasing demand for health services, and then thirdly, you know, governments keep on spending more money, right? Because yeah. they feel they have to. Um, but the negatives here are most of our uh, healthcare leaders are fantastic global companies. Mm. We've got a weakening US dollar, rising Australian dollar, that's going to hurt. And so your CSLs, your ResMeds, your Cochleas, your Sonic. Because they earn their money overseas. Earn the bulk of their monies overseas, you mm. know, higher uh, Aussie dollar. That means less money uh, makes it harder, right, mm. to, when you translate it. So in the Aussie dollar share price automatically looks overvalued. Mm. Um, and so I think that's a headwind all those companies have. So I, I'm not going short CSL for, mm. the, for the minute, but mm. I, I just don't know whether this is the time. I think you stay index weight the sector because yeah. you've got positive long-term structural tailwinds, but the rising currency I think is a big negative. So CSL is coming off the boil. How high did it get? 330 or even higher? Yes, CSL was 330, yeah. and it was the best. It's interesting. It's if in, in the heights of the March madness, CSL was about the best supported yeah. company, yeah. 
And whereas a lot of other companies have doubled or trebled since then, CSL's done almost nothing. Uh, it's up on the year a little bit, but yeah. not a lot. So if it, if it comes to, say, 380, if you're in that 380 mark now, or 280 or... I'm, I'm a buyer at those levels, yeah, okay. but I just I think you've got to Me be too. index weight. Yeah. I just don't know whether this is something to put a lot of surplus cash yeah. into if you've got a position. Yeah, and it might take you a year or two to see get back to 350, but one day it will. Okay, let's go to consumer discretionary. Well, I think this is a sector you belong in. Um, I just think that the tailwinds we've got there, we've got a surging Australian economy, right? You just can't make a mistake yeah. of that. You've got rising consumer confidence. You've got all this money that's pent up, all this lockdown pressure. People want to get out there and spend. Yeah. They can't travel overseas. Uh, and uh, you've also got the support of the wealth effect of not just a, a rising share market, but you've got a recovering housing market. Yeah. And people, there's no doubt when people see their asset values go up, they feel like they might go and buy a secondhand car yeah. or, or do it up or more DIY equipment for home or whatever it is. Mm. And so I think you stay long this. Uh, you know, companies like JB Hi-Fi, West Farmers uh, are all positives. Yeah. You know, some of the, even the, the, co the companies in the, in, the, in the automotive trade could be, could be attractive. It's interesting, I was talking to a mechanic today who owns a business. He was saying the wait for bull bars yeah, for a company yep, like yep, Arb, yep. it's like six months yep. because there's been so many, there's none left in the country and they're, they're asking you know, China to send more over. I so, mean, there are, there are, you know, the gambling stocks have been beaten up and yeah. maybe they, that'll depend on the return of easing of those pressures. I mean, yeah. there is a, it is a sort of a, a stock by stock sector, but you'd have to say the economics, the fundamentals are very supportive yeah. of this sector and this is one I think that can power ahead. And given the fact that we've seen, we've seen rotation out of, you know, um, um, cyclical or growth stocks into value stocks, inside that sector were a lot of value stocks. And I've, I've noticed mm. that Premier Investments, for yep. example, you know, clearly has all those, uh, like Smiggles and Peter Alexander and all that sort of witchery. They're all doing really well, fantastically well, because people are spending their money. But that company was kind of ignored a couple of years ago. So very interesting to see that sort of space. We'll be looking at those next year for sure. Okay, Paul, let's go to industrials now. Yeah, look, a bit of a misnamed sector, Peter, because we typically you'd think industrial companies should do really well out of uh, you know the cyclical economy yeah. and, and a lot of spending. But some of our industrials include names like Transurban and Sydney Airport and uh, I think they're pretty fully priced, Peter, and I think we're going to get a steep, bit of a steepening of the yield curve, and that could work against the so-called bond proxy stocks. Uh, why, so, why are they called bond proxy for people well, who don't understand? People, because largely they uh, invest in infrastructure, they get a sort of a, a, an annuity-based sort of toll revenue, mm. and uh, against that they've got lots of borrowings. And it's mm. basically a sort of a play between the cost of the borrowing for the interest versus the almost annuity structure of the income they get from the asset. Mm. Uh, and of course, if the interest cost goes up, that of course obviously long term affects the, the, the earnings. Now, most of these, uh, like Transurban, they've got very long term borrowings. It takes a long time for a change in interest rates to really mm. have a big impact. Mm. But the market doesn't always worry about the fact that uh, the change is really long term. Mm. Sometimes just beats them up because it feels like it. But so Paul, if, if there's a big bad, oh, a big bad, a, a really good boom in 2021. Won't people drive more and won't they fly more and the Sydney Airport and Transurban? Yeah, I mean, that, that's all true, Peter. And I, th I, think, I think a bit of that's priced in. So they haven't done that badly this year. I mean, it's not just uh, Sydney Airport and uh, Transurban. You've no. also got companies like Qantas, which I think is, still looks really good, yeah. uh, and uh, companies like Brambles. But, you know, Brambles has got a good business. It should benefit from all the additional, you know, logistics around the world, but it's got the headwind of a 
of a higher Aussie dollar. You know, yeah. so there's Good some point. negatives. So I think it does still. I'm probably a little bit uh, indexed to marginally underweight yeah. holding. Yeah. So you, you, you'd be stock picking. It's really point. stock picking. It's yeah. very hard to give a sector. And probably it. like Qantas most of all in that sector. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to real estate now, Paul. Yeah, I'm a contrarian in this one, Peter. I still think this is in below weight. I, I think we haven't yet seen the full shake up in the in the property market yeah. uh, from. The, the, what I think is going to be a permanent change in demand for rent, for space, for offices. I think look, people will come back to work for sure, but the way we're all going to work is going to change permanently. Even if it just changes by a little bit in Well, companies. they're talking about hybrid, aren't they? Yeah. If maybe three days at work, two days at home or vice versa. That will change the demand for office space. That right. will change. And I still think the shopping centre stuff is going to be challenged, um, particularly in the apparel business, by just all the boom in online. I mean, it was always going to be online shopping, but it just got accelerated. Yeah. So I think uh, we haven't really seen the impact on valuations. That takes a, you know, I, I think we see we, it dip badly, it recovered a little bit. I think this is still a sector. If you went be. for one, what would you go for? So it's a tough one because I probably would stay clear, stay, stay stronger to some of the, what I'd say, the safer REITs. I think things like the Charter Hall, Longwell REIT, I think maybe even Goodman, although it's pretty pricey with industrial property, would be would a bit stronger. It also includes names like Lindlease as well, which is a company which I like. Which you, like. you like. You like but most of the sector is, is the property trust. Okay. That's why be I'm, careful. That's why I'm sort of uh, below weight on Let's go consumer status. Yeah, this sector's uh, obviously it's got two parts. So it's got the obviously the Coles and your Woolworths and uh, and your um, IGA, such as all the traditional uh, supermarket business. Also got names like Treasury Wine Estates and A2 Milk. So yeah. it's got a, some funny co companies in it. In that sense, I think uh, the supermarkets are going to continue to do well uh, simply because they did well in 2020. Yeah. I don't think that demand is going to disappear. They're a safe pair of hands. Safe aren't pair of hands, and I think some of their they put a lot of they had a. I had a huge amount of extra cost they had to take on for COVID-19. Some of those pressures will go, Peter, yeah. in, in 2021. So I think the consumer staples companies could do a lot. But a lot of the pricing pressure is gone. It's mm. not as competitive. You know, the, some of the foreigners have gone home. Yeah. You know, the, the, the margins here are going to go, are on the increase, not on the decrease. So, yeah. And you've got names like uh, Treasury Wine Estates, which I think is for the por portfolio bottom drawer. So this yeah. is a sector to be long on. One day China will get, get off their back and the share price will improve. And A2 Milk has a few challenges now, but it's a good company. Now, Paul, what about the tech sector, IT? Yeah, look, at best performing sector in 2020 and uh, five positive years in a row, which might suggest you perhaps it's time that, you know, we get a bit of rotation out of IT into, into other sectors. Mm. But I think the, 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 um, the tailwinds are just so strong, Peter, and we're going to follow the lead from the US. I don't think the American market's going to desert big tech in a mm. hurry. And I think we're going to see more investment here. So um, I'm, I think it's a sector to be long on the question of which stocks. You know, Afterpay is, is horrendously expensive, oh, no. but it's a leader. Zero is horrendously expensive, but it's a leader. Next DC is a great company. Mm. It's going to be a stock by stock proposition, but I think overall you still probably play this from from the long side. Yeah, and I like my Zeet stocks, which I brought. Yep, last you made up Zip, uh, Elmo Software, Email Payments, and Tyro. I think all four. We'll have a good year um, because the economy, they're the sort of stocks that will do well in, a, in an improving economy. Let's go to energy. Look, I'm probably a little bit of a bear on this, Peter, because oh, yeah. uh, I think we, did, you and I, disagree on this one a little bit. I mean, there are good reasons that you think the uh, oil price should go up, and that should help companies like Santos Boom, and Woodside and oil, yeah. oil Search. I think it's already gone up a fair bit, Peter. But mm. uh, look, I, maybe it's a bit neutral on this st stock. I, th I think, you know, you, I don't think you need to go overboard because I think what we have seen is that the OPEC Plus group can in turn up production if they need to, yeah. and they will. Yeah. And while, you know, the, these countries could be well supported, you know, they're probably not going to go for a huge 
huge run up in, no. in 2021. Well, I liked it particularly when the oil price was a lot lower. It has bounced back. The whole, whole idea of the rotation trade and the improving outlook for 2021 has meant the oil price has picked yep. up. And I think it will continue to do so. But the biggest gains are behind us. And the companies like Woodside and Santos, they're pretty good companies to be exposed to if you haven't got any. Um, let's go to communications now. Yeah, I mean, I think this is probably underweight. This is, this is Telstra and some of the other telcos. Also includes REA. Now, REA's done spectacularly well. So well. you get some funny... It's unfortunately... It's like zero. It's gone a long yeah, way. Can you buy and, now? And this is one of the downside of the sectors. It's a US system. And it doesn't fully work always for Australian companies. But uh, look, I think Telstra for income... I don't think Tulsa's going to run away from us. And no. so I think this is probably a little bit underweight, but for income portfolios, yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable having Tulsa around $3. I don't think there's too much risk on no, it. No, I agree. I, uh, I, and the I, dividend is, is pretty secure. Yeah. I dumped Telstra until I got to about $2.70. Got a buy. I think the dividend would be okay. I don't expect to shoot lots of it. But I must admit, I have been surprised how high it can go, and I'm surprised why it's gone. And it could do that again, but at $2.70, or $3, not a bad buy. Let's go to utilities now, Paul. Look, the smaller sector, the sector did it tough in 2020. I think it's going to continue in 21. I think there's just still much pressure on the wholesale. Most of the companies in the sector are around in, in wholesale electricity generation, not all, but uh, the pressure on that is still for downward prices. Mm. And, uh, you know, I think it's a bit challenged. Well, so what I, about the idea of just a, a safe dividend? Is that disappeared from the sector? I think it's got a little bit. I mean, ADL's the biggest, but it's not paying a dividend for a couple of years as it goes through a bit of a, a restructure. Um, mm. And so... Look, there are some companies, but I think this is one that you probably can afford to almost ignore uh, in your portfolio. It's now almost sort of rounding error type stuff. But yeah. uh, for me, I don't think it's got a lot of, I, don't, I can't see this as one to go overweighted. Okay, one thing I'll, I'll throw in before we wrap up, Paul, is that I guess if you haven't had much exposure to the stock market, and given the fact that, you know, when people ask me, well, I thought what happened to the stock market in 2021, mm -hmm. And given the, the, the strong economic outlook I, I had for uh, half of the Aussie economy, I thought a 10% rise next year was a conservative call. It looks like it is. Goldman Sachs has got 16%. Uh, JP Morgan's 25%. That's for the US market. But we, we would do similar performance, maybe even better. But that means that for the safety person who doesn't want to pick companies, an exchange-traded fund just for the market is probably going to give you a 10% plus return. Yeah, and that's probably before dividends as well, Peter. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you look back at the sort of the two, I'd say there are two really big lessons out of 2020. One is, again, it's still about time in the market. Yeah. Right? You, if you just did nothing all year, <laughs> pretended the COVID-19 crash just didn't happen, yeah. you still finish up for the year. Yeah. Yeah, and yet, you know, the, you would, if you worried about the market and got involved, at some point you were down 35%, right? Yeah. So, you know, it, it's, you've got to be able to just, and if you missed it and you did the wrong thing and you panicked in February and you dumped your portfolio, yeah. and some people did, right? There were yeah. clients out there selling stuff because the world's about to end. Yeah. You know, you've really paid a big price. The world does need it. Markets have an amazing ability to recover. I think yeah. that's that's one of the things. Well, yeah, uh, what you're saying, Paul, is I was thinking about, you know, the, the Switzerland Dividend Growth Fund, which we, we have listed on the stock market. And I thought, you know, I often talk about dollar cost averaging. Yeah. You know those people who might put the same amount of money in every month. Now, it fell to $1.67. If they put their money in then and then, uh, then in uh, April, then June and July, They've actually climbed yeah, they'd up. they've been doing pretty well. And it's come back, it's come back to $2.43, you know, it was $2.70 before. But I think that's kind of the kind of investing 
that's really worth. Don't panic when markets sell off. See it as an opportunity to buy good quality companies that will rebound in the markets. If you look at the, the, the trend line, it's up. And I was going to tell you my, my second uh, theme for 2020, and it, it was really a repeat of the GFC, mm. is that after you get a huge market dip, Brokers are very good at getting companies to raise capital, right? Yeah, and in good hindsight, point. every capital raising in sort of April, May, June was a bargain. Yeah. <laughs> right? You've got and a low price and a low it's price and it's rebounded. And that's exactly what happened in 2009 and 2010. And so when that happens again, and we'll go through another big dip and all the companies will feel they're going to need to borrow money and, and strengthen their balance sheet. And all the brokers will be out there saying, yes, you do, because yeah. the brokers get paid to arrange these yes. things. Yeah. They're very incentivized to get these to do and boards you know, need to look after their shareholders and feel they're doing the right thing. Look, this is the time to buy and there were some great opportunities for retail shareholders mm. to participate in capital raisings during 2020. Happens again in 2021 or 22, don't forget about it. Well, because these people are you know, wise enough to subscribe to the Switzer Report, they'll definitely do it because we'll tell them to do so. That's if you are a subscriber to the Switzer Report. So that's our take on 2021. We're back next week with a whole bunch of new ideas for investing. Thanks for joining us. Hi, I'm Peter Switzer, founder of The Switzer Report. And if you're looking to build your wealth, my Switzer Report has everything you need. And so I'm inviting you to come and invest in stocks with me. At The Switzer Report, we provide you with expert guidance and actionable advice for managing and growing your wealth from some of the brightest stock pickers and investing minds in the country. And so I've got some great news. For the next two months, we have a fantastic Christmas and New Year offer that I would like to tell you about. If you take up a Switzer Report subscription across the months of December and January, not only will you get all the usual inclusions to the report, but you also will get the following. Exclusive one-off webinar with myself and Paul Rickard, where we will show you the hot stocks we picked in 2020, and we'll also give you the stocks we are picking for 2021 you'll receive a free copy of my book, Join the Rich Club, valued at $24.95. And you'll also receive a free ebook with our best investment ideas for 2021. Sign up today and receive three newsletters each week delivered direct to your inbox on Mondays, Thursdays and Saturdays with analysis from our experts, including myself, Paul Rickard, Tony Featherston and James Dunn, and others such as Julia Lee, June Bay Lou and Rudy Philippek Van Dyke. Your questions can be answered in the Q&A forum where you can submit an investing question and receive a guaranteed response from Paul Rickard. Monthly webinars with myself and Paul Rickard and special guests who will answer your questions live. You receive complimentary tickets to our events for you and a guest, including our annual Switzer Income Conference, the Switzer Investment Strategy Day, the Switzer Listed Investment Conference and the Switzer Small and Microcap Investor Day. You'll also have access to our weekly Boom Doom Zoom interactive TV webinar, which are stock assessing sessions between Paul, myself and subscribers. You'll be able to view our income and growth model portfolios designed and updated each month by Paul Rickard. And you can browse the archives containing thousands of archives and resources about specific shares, the markets, SMSFs and more. Information and insights from people who live and breathe stocks 24-7 increases your chances of making some real money on the market. I really want to share with you all the insights I get access to that most investors are never lucky enough to see or hear. 
come invest with me using my Switzer report. Follow the link in the description of this episode or visit www.switzerreport.com.au to sign up for your Christmas New Year offer and join me on the journey of financial knowledge and wealth where I will be able to call you one of my valued Switzer Report subscribers. Same with, with in Megaport land. You know, Megaport started seven years ago. We're in all these countries. We're in all the markets that every other incumbent around the world is, is, is almost in. But, you know, what we did is that we, 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 we did that in a independent fashion everywhere. You know, we encouraged all the carriers, all the enterprises to interconnect to cloud. And we saw that, that opportunity. And, and because we are neutral and independent, we're able to kind of, we're able to win that market space. Um, and that's where we are today. And I think we do more, we do more interconnection to cloud at Megaport, I think, than, than any, I think, I'm pretty sure that any carrier in the world does. Okay. Talk to us about Megaport because, you know, a lot of experts on my investing show have liked it, um, you know, I, and I've fallen into it I've, uh, because my experts, I, I, I provide them for other investors and occasionally they get me in as well, I'm in. So for people who don't understand Megaport, what, are they essentially, what does it essentially do that's so unique? Yeah, so, so its greatest value proposition is we did, we did to connectivity what Amazon did to compute, okay? And so what does that mean? So what Amazon did is that they really brought the cloud to enterprises where a company can just rent compute capacity on demand, dial it up, dial it down, do it themselves without talking to anyone, you know, signing an order form, doing whatever. So this Amazon juggernaut was happening. This cloud's coming and enterprise want to connect to it. The problem was, is that the cloud didn't live in every data center. You know, they, all these enterprises needed to get to these, what they call cloud on-ramps. And they lived in very few data centers in a country. So we, we realized it's early and we said, hey, let's create a platform that allows Anyone in, for example, we're in about 50, 60 data centers in Australia. It doesn't matter where Amazon or what Microsoft Azure sits or Google Compute sits or Oracle Compute sits. Just get a port on the Megaport platform in whichever data center that you're in and we'll manage that connectivity to, uh, to all the different cloud providers um, over that one single port. And again, you can do it in a, in a web portal using the application. You can sit there and go, I want to connect my network, my enterprise network, into my, in, my um, uh, infrastructure sitting on Amazon, I want to connect it now at 5,000 megabits per second, go. And it happens within, well, it happens within a minute. Um, and so what we did is we virtualized the whole connectivity experience from whatever data center, now there's 700 data centers or so around the world, um, into any one of the major cloud on-ramps anywhere in the world. So does that mean that you don't have to lock into a contract for a set period of time where you might not use much of it, it's basically when you want it, you can basically access it and pay for it. Completely on demand, 100% on demand. Mm. You, can, you can do a connection for as little as a minute for as long as a year. Mm. Um, and you can dial it up and dial it down. You know, you, you're, the, you're Victoria Racing and you've got the Melbourne Cup on this week. Uh, you need a lot of compute and you go order that from Amazon and then you can order 10,000 megabits of connectivity for one week from Megaport. And then as soon as the you know, spring carnival's over, you turn it straight back down again. It, it's yeah. that simple. That's a great example. So I guess businesses would do it over the Christmas shopping period, Black Friday. Black Friday, absolutely, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and COVID, we, we saw when, when COVID you know, first came on, uh, and, and enterprises said, we've got to move out of the office. 
um, you know, the, the amount of traffic we saw come on the network and the amount of new interconnections made uh, into different cloud uh, cloud operators was was massive in March. It was huge. Megaports rivals, are there, are there many businesses doing what you guys are doing at this point in time? No, certainly with the with the leaders in it, there's a, there's a few people kind of you know coming up, but you know we 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 had about a three year four year head start you know of scale. Um, you know, we said to people we started we we're so far ahead. I, the analogy I would give people is like we um, it's it's kind of like when you 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 think it's going to be a great day at the surf and you're surfing out and you know the big waves are coming mm-hmm. and uh, and you're out there all alone. You kind of think, are the waves coming? Is the big wave coming? You start. Not, not being sure, but when it does come, you know, you're there and you're set. So we were certainly out there, you know, far and early ahead of everyone and, and, and you know, which is why we've got over 2,000 clients on the platform today. 